You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of Locked on ACC. Happy Thursday to you all. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto with amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked on sent you. I'm here with my guy, Tyler Aki from Locked on Syracuse. Tyler, how has your week been so far? Oh, the weather has been fantastic. I'm out here in Chicago right now. Okay. Weather's been fantastic. However, Today, it is supposed to start taking a little bit of a turn for the worse. So I'm a little eerie about what the weekend's going to bring. Because it's Memorial Day weekend. It's supposed to be a big right. sort of barbecue weekend. But I don't know if we're going to get anything good enough to, to fire up the grill this weekend. So I'm, I'm a little on edge right now. Yeah, you know, Which I've is heard- perfect because we're talking about Syracuse today. <laughs> you know, I've heard that Chicago summers are pretty lit. Like it's The best. Really the best. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. No doubt. But yes, we are talking about Syracuse today. Also talking about Virginia Tech and Georgia Tech. These are teams that are hitting the lower end of our college rankings that we've been talking about all week. And, you know, we're talking about college football. I think next we're going to give like other sports a chance, right? We're going to throw some in there. But today's focus is definitely about the number 10, number 11, and number 12 teams that unfortunately Tyler knows all too well about the Syracuse team that we'll talk about here last. But first up, I want to talk about number 10. Virginia Tech, which a lot of people were high on Virginia Tech, and I'm surprised that 24-7 Sports ranked them at number 10, a little low in my opinion, in comparison to some other teams, but I also say who is your quarterback and who is is leading you? I just, I can't call it these days. Right, and that's the problem is there's so much uncertainty with this team, especially at quarterback. You you go out, you lose Hendon Hooker, and then you're bringing in Braxton Burmeister. Now, he's supposed to be the guy, and it's not just him, but it's also in the backfield, too, without Khalil Herbert. So yeah. there's so much uncertainty with this team, and it's, it's a big season for Justin Fuente because he's coming off a mediocre season, 5-5 uh, five and five in the conference last year. He doesn't have back-to-back bad seasons very often, and if he does, that's when you start to see the fan base start to call for your job a little bit. So if he underwhelms this year, I know there's a lot of changeover and stuff like that, but if he underwhelms this year, you may start to hear the Hokie fan base get a little anxious. Do you think it's because Virginia Tech was so dominant for so many years, especially they've been like a defensive powerhouse, that now you have the likes of a Carolina and a Miami pretty much coming in and saying, okay, we're going to dominate the Coastal and maybe even Virginia every now and again, right? Do you think that it's kind of like, okay, we, we can't have this. Like We're so used to coming in, sweeping everything up that you know fans are like, uh-uh, we're not going to be middle of the road type team. Well, I think the frustration comes with the fact that you've got so much talent. I mean, you look at this past season, they had two first round picks. Now, I believe Caleb Farley, did he sit out the entire season mm-hmm. last year? But when you look at it, you still have had the talent year after year. You just haven't necessarily... You did, the last season, you didn't have exactly what you would have hoped for. And of course, a lot of it comes down to the quarterback position. What are you going to get this year out of Burmeister? So sure, there's frustrations when you're used to being the, the top dog in a division. But I mean, it's tough to be upset when the competition is Carolina led by Mac Brown. You've got two amazing forces at work there. You've got the pull and the, the legacy 
of Mac Brown and the ability for him to churn out pros and have success coaching at the college level. And I think you also have the Jordan brand complex as well. I mean, those are two forces that are very tough to turn down as a recruit. And that's why you've seen Carolina go out and have all this success recruiting. And now these next couple of years, it's going to start turning into a lot more wins. And it's funny you mentioned Carolina because that's who Virginia Tech will open the season with against. And I'm thinking like for both of them, like we know, well, for me, Carolina has struggled against getting over. I call it the hokey hump. It's just something where I don't know what it is about Virginia Tech, but sometimes we'll have mm-hmm. to go to six overtimes in order to get it done. And then we still don't get it done. Right. <laughs> so like North Carolina has always struggled. So to me, this is Carolina's okay. You say you want to be this coastal champion, right? You say that you're, you're here now and like, we're going to run through everybody in the coastal. All right. Show and prove for this Virginia tech team. And on the flip side for this Virginia tech team, it's kind of like, where are y'all at? We want to, let's dead all the confusion and kind of figure out where we are as a program. I look at that first game, like you mentioned with Carolina, I feel like that is a very low pressure game. For really? Virginia Tech. I, I really do because when you think about it, with North Carolina, you've got a Heisman candidate. You've got a team that has a chance to win the ACC potentially. There's a lot of inexperience at the quarterback position on the, the Atlantic side of the, the favorite over there. True. And like that should be a game that you should be going one and out. And if you're Carolina, the expectation is if you can win the ACC, you give yourself a chance at the college football playoff. And you want to knock yourself out of the college football playoff, you go 0-1 to begin the season. Meanwhile, for Virginia Tech, it's like new quarterback. All right, what, a lot of new pieces coming in this season. What do we have to lose, really? I mean, we're going up against the team that's supposed to win our division. And now we've got a chance to maybe play a little bit of spoiler here in week one. Wow. That's, that's very unique opinion, but I, to, I can see that. I can definitely see that. But I also think the fact that they have middle Tennessee and a Richmond on the next three out of four games, like, okay, we can, we can yeah. figure it out. <laughs> we can get it. Get right. It yeah. <laughs> no, but I just feel like it's low pressure in the sense yeah. that we're not supposed to win. I mean, UNC yeah. is going to yeah. be the one that's going to be grabbing all the headlines in, in our side of the division. That's very, very true. And speaking of two teams that Virginia tech will ultimately have to face this season, we're talking about Georgia tech and Syracuse today. Let's flip side flip things over and talk about Georgia Tech. The Yellow Jackets who are sitting at number 11 in these college football preseason rankings and for a lot all intents and purposes, a lot of people are thinking like, okay, Georgia Tech, you know, they were good for a minute. They had bursts. They had moments. They had guys like Calvin Johnson but now, ooh, it's just if they can just spoil somebody's season, that's kind of a win for Georgia Tech. Can I tell you this? Yeah. My favorite player in the ACC, Jeff Sims. Favorite player. <laughs> Drake? The thing about Jeff Sims yeah. is that he had a shaky 2020, but you could see the promise in him as well. And the, the so the touchdown interception ratio, 13 to 13, mm-hmm. but eight of those interceptions came in the first three weeks. Four of them came against Syracuse and Syracuse was for as much as they were the, the bottom dwellers of the ACC. They were really good at turning teams over. It was the offense mm-hmm. that let people down. He only had five picks in his final seven games and he threw 10 touchdowns over that stretch. So you start to see the progression and the development of a four-star quarterback at Georgia Tech. And and that's why I find him a lot of fun to watch. And, and, And I remember in watching him in preparation for the Syracuse game, I was like, damn, like, this guy can play. Yeah. I think he's he's going to be in the the conversation this season for all ACC. I don't think he's going to win the 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 ACC Player of the Year or whatever. But he's a guy. Maybe not this year, 
But in two or three years, watch out because I think he could definitely be that type of player. It's so funny because Drake from Lock on Seminoles, he is so high on Sam Sims as well. And I think that's so cool that, you know, Sims clearly has a good, you know, backing the support behind him in terms of trying to help change things around for the Yellow Jackets. And they will have to figure it out quickly because they don't have a podunk poor, you know, schedule. They have people that definitely are going to come in and just be like, all right, we can one up, we can take it. <laughs> it's no, no thing right. at all. And I think nobody's scared of Georgia Tech as they once were. And they you know, changing offense and trying to adjust and all those sorts of things definitely play a factor in the fact that, you know, when you look at the grand scheme of Atlanta and kind of Georgia football, Georgia Tech is not the place where you're like, yep, I'm definitely want to go play on Saturdays. Correct. But it can be. That's yeah. the thing is yeah. Atlanta is a big hub of, well, this, just the state of Georgia, the yeah. ability to recruit in your backyard there. You're a nine iron away from Florida. You've got the Carolinas right by you as well. Alabama. I mean, all these states right next to you that you can recruit out of and you play in the ACC. So sure, you're not the SEC, but if you can steal a couple here and there, and I think Jeff Sims is one of those ones the Yellow Jackets have stolen from some of those SEC schools because he's going to be one of those guys who I'm sure this summer really focused in on his accuracy. And I mean, cause you know, the, the running ability is there. And I mean, you saw it last season and you're going to see it again this season. I, I liken it a little bit to Lamar Jackson. His throwing numbers were not out of this world when he was a freshman, but as he continued to progress through the ACC and again, you're playing in the ACC, not the SEC. There's a little bit of a difference there. You're going to have the ability to get away with some mistakes. And with a guy like Sims, sometimes you learn off of that. And I think that he saw uh, there was a big learning process with him at the beginning of the season, but you saw him really figure out and slow down those turnovers as the season progressed. No doubt. And then we'll finally go to number 12 team because I know you probably have the most to say about this one. But Syracuse is sitting at number 12, closer to the bottom than the top. But arguably, if they figure it out, maybe they can get a little finishing top five finish in the ACC. Am I, am I being too ambitious? Oh, that's that's <laughs> that's pretty ambitious. Although I, I'll say this. the And it sounds simple. It sounds cliche. It sounds stupid. But the season hangs in the balance of the quarterback position and kind of with the offensive line. I think the offensive line is going to be better. You're going to be able to plug and play some transfers. I mean, last season they played with four offensive linemen. They had a fullback, a converted fullback playing tackle for them. That just should not be happening. So I look at Syracuse and Tommy DeVito, healthy. You're also bringing in Garrett Schrader, another former four-star guy. He's transferring in from Mississippi State, and I kind of like Schrader's ability to potentially win the job because we saw what Dino Babers could accomplish as an offense when he had a dual-threat quarterback. When they had Eric Dungy in there, they were phenomenal, one of the top offenses in the entire country. They were flying up and down the field. Schrader's a lot more like Dungy than DeVito is. DeVito's more of your typical pocket passer. So okay. with Schrader in there, I think that there could be something that they could unlock if they get good offensive line play. I think the running game is a lot better than it usually is for Syracuse. So we'll see. But you also have to replace three guys that have gone on to the NFL yeah. on the defensive side of the ball, which is never an easy task. Absolutely. And I was holding on talking about DeVito a little bit here. Like to me, it seems it's all his, you know, leadership and he is the guy. Like there's no 
okay, we're going to check in with Lamson. We're going to check in with Mar, you know, Marquis. There's nobody else that's going to probably take DeVito's spot. So how can he kind of rest in not being the best quarterback in the ACC surely, but definitely growing in his position? Well, to me, I look at DeVito and we've seen the flashes. I think he just sometimes tries to play. I think he can be a little selfish and I think he gets too wrapped up in his numbers at times. That's the way that I look at it because there were a lot of times last season where I would see Tommy DeVito. He was playing all right, but then the running game would really start going. And then he saw it as, okay, the running game is doing that. I got to pull my weight too. And then he'd chuck uh, a ball downfield that really, I mean, he's throwing it into triple coverage and you're thinking to yourself, what are you doing? We've got a chance to win this game. (laughs) And all of a sudden it's a critical turnover. So it's going to be embodying the team of everything. And can he do that? Can he be the leader? Can he be the guy? And by all accounts, it seems like he has stepped up and sort of taken that onus for this upcoming season. And some of the early reports out of camp, and there haven't been many because Syracuse has been very tight to the vest with their football in the spring, but with all, by all accounts, it seems like DeVito is at least one, if not two steps ahead of Garrett Schrader right now. Absolutely. Another guy I really wanted to talk about, you know, uh, McKinley Williams um, Mm -hmm. on the defensive line. I feel like he is someone that could definitely help that defensive fill in those, you know, missing people in terms of energy and leadership. I think that's someone that, you know, coming off of seeing him start all 20, all 11 games in 2020 season, how can he and the rest of that line kind of figure it out and really get in the trenches and, one, get off, get off the field, (laughs) right? Like let's, let's get off the field a little bit here, but I think it's just something like describe overall, you know, the Syracuse defense and what's really needed for them to have a successful season. I look at it and you bring it up. I think the defensive line is important, but you got to remember with the defensive line, everyone there is at least in their fifth season. You've got some guys in their sixth season as well, like Josh Black. Mm -hmm. So there's going to be a lot of experience. If they can't get it done this season, there's going to be a lot of problems. I really like Kingsley Jonathan, who plays on the outside with them. Mm -hmm. But they've moved to a 3-3-5 defense. They did that last year when they brought in their new defensive coordinator, Tony Ward. And I just really liked the way that they played. They played fast. They played aggressive. They you just had a bunch of dudes that could fly to the ball. A lot of guys that have a nose for the ball, too. I think of Michael Jones. I think he could be an all ACC caliber guy. He was one of the biggest. He was one of the leaders in the country in turnovers forced. So him. Garrett Williams was a stud last year. They picked on him a lot because they didn't want to throw at Trill Williams or a Fatu Melifanu. And by all intents and purposes, seemed like Garrett Williams answered the bell and your top defensive or your top recruit incoming in this class of 2021 is a guy who's probably going to start opposite him at cornerback and deuce chestnuts. So there's going to be a lot to prove on the defensive side of the ball, but I think this is one of the more talented teams that Syracuse has had. They're starting to get some of these defensive recruits because of the groundwork that was laid with guys like Andre Cisco, Trill Williams, and Afatu Melifanu saying, Hey, we can get you to the league. We're not DBU, but we're the next best thing we feel like. Hey, listen, that's all that really matters at the end of the day. As long as you get these guys or help them in some sort of way, get to the next level. That's super dope. All right. As we transition, I feel like I already know who you're going to pick to win the AC championship. So we're going to make it a little fun, right? We'll, we'll talk about all that. Right. 
second. But first, guys, rockauto.com is a family business serving auto part customers for all, online for almost 20 years. You got to go to rockauto.com right now for auto and body parts that they have from hundreds of manufacturers. The catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your car or vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box so they know we sent you? Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. So we've been talking about Clemson and the fact that they are going to more than likely win the ACC championship. You know, listen, cool, right? We've heard the story before. They're the fake underdogs, blah, blah, blah. So it was brought up a point maybe it's time for Clemson to move on. Like maybe the ACC is just not, not good enough for them. You know, they, they're moving in high cotton and they just need to be with a better conference. So there was pose that we could potentially do a, you know, conference trade and we get Vanderbilt and SEC gets Clemson. Tyler, I want to hear your thoughts as to if this is actually feasible. You can see it because I'm over here thinking Vanderbilt's like a Wake Forest and a, and a Duke. Or you feel like, listen, somebody's going to have to step up in the ACC to take down Clemson. And it could happen this year. I think I just threw up in my mouth a little bit. <laughs> the, the thought of that trade. <laughs> to me, as and I say this as someone who, of course, enjoys the ACC, but even from the lens of Clemson, mm. I don't see much incentive to leave because okay. of the fact that, okay, I get to play a pretty cushy ACC schedule. I've got a nice little TV deal in place as well. So the cash is always going to be flowing in. You're still going to have 100000 in the stands every single week, all that good stuff. I can cakewalk to the college football playoff every single year. And my credentials are not really going to be tested along the way. As long as you go out and win the ACC and don't really have many hiccups along the way, that's the easiest way to the college football playoff. Just ask Texas A&M this past mm. season. They felt like they did everything in their power to be a part of this college football playoff. And ultimately they were left out because of Ohio state. So, okay. If you're going to be sec team number two, you, there's still a chance that you're being left in the dust. I know we have seen two SEC teams get in with Alabama and Georgia in the past, but if I'm Clemson, I liken it almost to Pat Fitzgerald. Okay. I, this is what I think. Pat Fitzgerald, head coach of Northwestern football mm -hmm. every year is rumored to be an NFL head coach every single year, whether it's the bears, <laughs> Packers, all that stuff, mm -hmm. always rumored, but he never takes it. Why? because Northwestern is the cushiest job. He will never be fired from there. He has enough success where the alumni, the boosters, all that stuff, everyone's happy. The fan base is happy. And that's kind of what Clemson is. You're going to have enough success every single year to be good enough to go to the college football playoffs. So why would you lose out on that and go to the SEC where some of that's going to start to be challenged year after year? I, I just I wouldn't if I'm Clemson, I like my position in the ACC right now. Do you think that there is a coach in the ACC that has a similar situation? Now you've got me on this tangent rabbit hole right now. All right. All right. Is there a coach in the ACC that has the same kind of vibe? Because like I'm thinking, OK, maybe Coach Doran from NC State, but at the same 
time, they have very high expectations over there in Raleigh. So no, like Dorn, they might be on the hot seat for no good reason at all. I think Mac Brown, this is where he's going to retire. And like, of course, mm-hmm. he's just like, it is what it is. I could care less. So that's not the same kind of scenarios. But I'm sitting here thinking now, like, okay, is there a coach? And I'm not talking like, oh, you've won so much like a Dabo Sweeney, but a coach that has won enough to where like, eh, we're not going to like really rock the boat. Dave Cutcliffe at Duke. Mm. I think that's the one who, when you look at his, the wins and losses, like he's got a career losing record as a head coach (laughs) and he, he just does enough. It feels like every single year. And he's been at Duke since 08. And you think to yourself, Oh, like, okay, you won the coastal back in 2013. You, you win a couple coach of the years along the way, but what has Duke done football wise? over the the Dave Cutcliffe tenure. I mean, if he was at a a program that really prided itself on football, he wouldn't be the head coach anymore. But since he's from a basketball institution, he still is. He can kind of float by and he just does enough. And it's not like Syracuse because Syracuse, when you think of, and I guess Carolina can be thrown into this boat as well, but Syracuse, they were producing four and eight, three and nines, That's why you saw those coaches leave. Mm -hmm. And at Duke, it's kind of, okay, we're going to hover around 500. One year will pop good. One year will pop bad. And Cutcliffe just does enough to hang around. And he at least always has the Manning card in his back pocket too, right? Oh, I'm tied in with Peyton and Eli Manning. So I can have a, a football job for life. So I think Cutcliffe is that perfect example of mm-hmm. someone who he just does enough and the pressure is not going to be on him as much. Listen, any man who can get somebody to believe that Daniel Jones is an NFL quarterback, <laughs> you, you definitely got my vote over here. Another coach I was thinking about is Coach Clawson from Wake Forest. And I say that because yeah. not because of his coaching pedigree, but for the fact that Wake Forest just doesn't seem that invested in athletics. Like just from, you know, administration standpoint, it's kind of like, we're cool. We, we liked it, but I'm not about to sit here and tell you we're going to have a packed out um, Demon Deacon Stadium and all that good stuff. Like, eh, we're, we're good either way it goes. So, and then ever since, like, they haven't had the same success back in, like, the early 2000s as they do now. But at the same time, they disrupt some wins. They beat Carolina last year, and they've definitely had some close games and close calls this past season. We'll talk about them tomorrow and why they're at the bottom of the list. But I think they're cool with it. I think they're like, you know, it's a, it's a vibe. It's a vibe here. And then I thought about this too, from the basketball side of things, I've got mm-hmm. my, my basketball equivalent here, please. And I'm allowed to say this one because they're in the ACC for basketball, but it's Mike Bray. It's okay. Mike Bray at Notre Dame. It's a football institution. They care more about what the fighting Irish does and their touchdown Jesus is. <laughs> and Mike Bray can just kind of have some of these solid seasons. And I think he, he's a good coach. And I think he does a lot with very little, but at the end of the day, the wins and losses probably aren't going to get Mike Bray fired per se. And if he were to get fired, there's going to be a job waiting for him wherever he he would want pretty much. Yeah, that's very true because there's definitely had flashes of moments where like Notre Dame basketball. All right. But then like, no, <laughs> they come right back yeah. with the, like horrible <laughs> losses. And you're like, yeah, it's Notre Dame basketball. Like, what are we doing? Yep. agree there. Now, before we wrap up with our fun segment of the day, I want to make sure you guys know about betonline.ag. Baseball is in full swing. Basketball is playoffs are thick. And man, oh man, I know you guys want to get in on the action. So just hit up betonline.ag. 
Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including the pros. You got some college in there. You got some softball, baseball, all of that good stuff. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get in the game as teams prep for their runs in the playoffs. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Now we're finishing up today's show with a fun segment here. Tyler has been tasked with telling me his favorite game he's ever attended or watched that featured ACC, you know, uh, competition. So it could be two opponents or it could just be, you know, an ACC team. Okay. So are you doing the power rankings of your co-hosts? Are you still planning on doing that? <laughs> yes, I definitely still plan. All right. So that. I can cross off Syracuse, North Carolina, 2018 football. I'll cross that one off right now. Um, <laughs> mine would be, mine would be 2018 Syracuse and NC state. It was okay. Syracuse's first primetime Saturday night game. I think it was like two decades and it was if they had won the game, they were going to go to a bowl game. And it was Eric Dungy, it was Ryan Finley, two of the top quarterbacks in the ACC. And of course, that guy Trevor Lawrence was in there as well. But those two just going back and forth in a shootout all game long was phenomenal. I, I and the there was palpable buzz in the building, and they were coming off a big win as well. And I remember going into that week too. There were doubts over whether or not Eric Dungy was going to be the starting quarterback for that game, which in hindsight for Syracuse fans, it sounds foolish, but Mm -hmm. that was the case because Tommy DeVito played so well against that team from North Carolina, who I won't bring up um, (laughs) the week prior. And they thought that there was going to be some sort of quarterback competition at the time. So I remember that game had so much buzz. ESPN. It was late night game. It was awesome. The atmosphere was there. Everyone was into it. And I just remember that being one of the most fun atmospheres to be a part of. I'm shocked you didn't say, even if watching or with, you know, whether you were there in person or not, I'm shocked you didn't say Syracuse and Clemson game. Yeah, th- that came to mind too. I thought about that, but I, I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it would, it felt different to me. It's different when you're work. Cause I was working that game okay. as a part of student radio and it's different when you're locked away in a little studio. It does, just doesn't have the same <laughs> buzz. Now I will say the party scene after was yeah. fine. Like I, that uh, I'll never forget. Actually, I'll probably never remember, but <laughs> that, that was, that was the one that I think most people would think of for Syracuse, but that was a part of a losing season. They didn't win a single game after that. In fact, <laughs> I would almost say the the loss the next season in Death Valley, I, I'm not going to say it was more fun because it's never more fun to lose, but mm-hmm. it was it was more significant because okay. it was just, you went down to death Valley. The last time you were there, you lost by over 50 points. And I mean, it's a chase Bryce fourth and eight play. You're, you're one of those away from going down and upsetting one of the top teams in the country. So I, I will always remember that game, but because it's a loss, I can't put it number one. And because the, this NC state game, it just felt like it should have been a turning point for the program. Uh, Mm -hmm. It got them ranked all that fun stuff. So I'll never forget that game. And part of what, like, I just remember being a part of it and 
And it just felt like it was so much more than the Clemson game for some reason. I don't know. I'm weird. I, I, that, so that's my answer. But but I, I know other Syracuse fans are probably going to take all the, the Clemson stuff. No, for sure. And I also feel like, you know, the the Syracuse, I mean, the Clemson win helped people be like, okay, Babers, okay, we're on to something. But then now you like can't hold on to those nostalgic moments as you once did. Right. It's like, all right, that was cool, but you're not consistent enough in doing that well enough and not even having wins that are close and like being on the other side enough for me to be like, yeah, I definitely think you should stick around. Right. And even that year, that that season that I'm talking about, 2018 with Dino Babers, I mean, the signature win there, even though they weren't a great team that season, but I felt like the signature win was against Florida State because Mm -hmm. it had the recipe of a Dino Babers upset. It was a a big time program coming into your place. You beat them. You you had a viral postgame speech that went up after. And after that, there was some momentum around the program that you thought, okay. This guy might be the guy, and that's kind of been the the formula for the Dino Babers upset, and we just haven't seen those really since that game uh, against anyone. That you haven't gotten the big upset, you've kind of done what you've supposed, what you're supposed to do, and you've disappointed at times and and lost some games you're supposed to win. And I think that's the frustrating part is Syracuse felt like the upset wins that you would have once a season in those first handful of seasons those were eventually going to turn into consistent eight and fours or nine and threes. Maybe you get a 10 and two at worst. You're looking at a six and six Mm -hmm. and it just has not been that ever since that 2018 season. Babers has to get it right before he gets left. Oh my goodness. Those are good memories. We've had some really good flashbacks all week and I can't wait to hear Drake tomorrow locked on Seminoles host, what he is going to share because I'm sure it's going to be some wild FSU versus Miami story that you know it's going to end up you know oh, those in are the, Havana. Best. <laughs> the best yeah no doubt Tyler I appreciate your time and helping talk through these rankings can you please remind folks of where they can find you and follow your work yeah you can catch us out locked on Syracuse every single weekday and we also are on Twitter at LO underscore Syracuse and you can find myself at Tyler AKI underscore no doubt. Well, if you guys missed any of today's show, I encourage you to keep along as you follow us on Twitter to see when the new episodes drop and what have you. Get the latest updates at Locked on ACC. And if you want to get all of the sports news you need in under 20 minutes, we encourage you to download the Locked on Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked on Today podcast or any podcast that we have on Locked on, Locked on Podcast Network on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. We appreciate your time. Make sure you guys hit us up tomorrow as we end the rankings for the week and then we've got all new sports to discuss next week looking forward to that as well for Candace Cooper and Tyler Ogden we leave you with this you are locked on ACC your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference part of the locked on podcast network your team every day